0: Bryony McAllister felt the glorious heat of the Mediterranean sun on her upturned face as she contemplated the cobalt sky above her and felt the tension ease out of her body, dissipating into the soft green tartan rug she was lying on. Little cotton puffs of clouds drifted over the sharp-ridged peaks of the Sierras to the north and the breeze whispered through the pine trees. Beside her, her four-year-old daughter, Katie, was engrossed in plaiting her moxie girl's hair. It was a Sunday afternoon in September, and a somnolent, peaceful air pervaded the Parque Princesa Diana, a pretty park on the Costa del Sol. Katie had wanted to go there instead of the beach, the swings and modest playground being a big attraction. Thankfully, she was now happy to play with her dolls after twenty minutes of blissful soaring back and forth on the swings, and Bryony was content to lie drowsily in the late afternoon sun, her novel unopened beside her. Riviera, a small town on Spain's southern coast, was empty of tourists who'd long gone back to their jobs and mundane lives, their Costa holiday a faded summer's dream. Where once older couples and retired expats would have filled the many restaurants and coffee shops, the recession had ensured that the Costa del Sol was decimated after many years of lavish boom. Bryony knew full well the effects of economic collapse. She too should have been back behind her desk, dealing with the thousand and one queries that came with being an administrator in a busy private hospital. But life as she knew it had changed completely the day two months previously, when the owners of the Olympus Sports Clinic had called staff together and told them that due to the current economic climate and falling patient numbers, redundancies would have to be made. Bryony knew even before it was her turn to meet with H.R. that she'd be one of the staff to be let go. She had been last into the department, having left a similar position in a big teaching hospital the previous year to work near her home and closer to her daughter's creche. Bryony sighed and brushed away a mosquito that had taken a fancy to her lightly tanned flesh. The truth was that with all the cuts in her salary in the last couple of years, the prohibitive crash fees had taken most of what was left, and now that she was redundant, she and her husband Finn were almost no worse off with her dole money, especially without having to pay for childminding. They had decided after much discussion that for the next year, before Katie started school, Bryony would be a stay-at-home mother. It was disconcerting adjusting to her new circumstances, Strange not having to get up at the crack of dawn and wake her daughter from sleep to feed and dress her, before dropping her off at the creche, greeting the other, equally stressed, bleary-eyed parents that she had got to know, and then making the bumper-to-bumper commute to work, hoping that she'd get a parking place and not be last in, keeping her head down like a naughty schoolgirl and not a thirty-something self-confident career woman and working mother, She was still a working mother, she thought defensively, realising in these last few weeks how irritating the term was to mothers who could choose to stay at home and rear their children themselves. Why did she feel guilty every morning, though, when she and Katie shared cuddles in bed when Finn had left for work? It was such a treat, having a leisurely breakfast and fascinating conversations with her four-year-old. She'd already missed so much of her child's development – when she'd worked in the clinic, the time they'd had together after had collected her from the creche in the evenings was often ruined by teary tantrums and squabbles over bath-time and bedtime. both of them exhausted after their early start. It was all so different now, so much fun. But no doubt this too would change. It was still very new and different. She felt like she was playing truant from real life. She was going to make the most of this unexpected blessing. It would be her gap year, Bryony decided. This unemployment that had been foisted upon her would not diminish her. She would not allow herself to feel guilty that she wasn't contributing to the family income or that she was taking money from the state. She had paid her hard-earned money week after week in social insurance for just this eventuality. How she and her colleagues had complained bitterly about the previous government's atrocious handling of the economy and the brown envelope mentality that pervaded every level of society from the top down. The avarice of bankers, politicians, developers and the so-called golden circle. The negligence and incompetence of the so-called regulatory authorities too had led to the country being bankrupted.